0: Welcome to HSDF The Podcast, a collection of policy discussions on government technology and homeland security brought to you by the Homeland Security and Defense Forum. Today's program is the first of a two-part series looking at how new technologies are being deployed to support border agents and secure the border. Luke McCormick leads the discussion with Runyard Singleton, head of the program management office at the U.S. Border Patrol, Jeremy Ochiltree, director of Custom and Borders Innovation Team, Mark Bathrick from Dell Technologies, and Rob Oates from GDIT. Hear how CBP and the Border Patrol are using commercially available technologies to create new capabilities and enhance support for border missions, new efforts to enhance industry-government collaboration, and technology-driven opportunities to reduce operation and maintenance costs and invest savings in other emerging technologies. This program was recorded on December 8th, 2022.
1: One happy holidays to everybody and uh, to all of you. That I know there's many of you in this room that uh, are uh, either supporting uh, this very important mission, either directly or indirectly, or have maybe served at one point in time. And uh, and thank you, Megan, for the introductions. I, I want to start. I, I just I can't resist doing this public service announcement. And and first and foremost, and this is not about coming into federal service. I'll save that to later. Uh, This is about one of the things that the chief said, you know, when there's many people in this room that have been out to the border, right? I'm not talking about the ports. I'm talking about the border patrol stations. More importantly, I'm talking about in between the border patrol stations. And when you go out there and you talk to the leadership and you ask them what they need, every single time without a doubt, every single one of them will tell you the number one thing they want is to make sure that when those officers go around that hill, they've got communications with each other and back to the mothership and what's one of the first things you heard the former border patrol chief and the current one say and we're still talking about this so I just sort of call us uh, call to arms here to all of us to burn that into our minds that we have to solve that problem we've got to do it in some affordable way we're gonna talk a little bit about some technologies that might be breakthrough there I just want to point that out right, so uh, we will sprinkle in questions throughout if you 've got a burning one raise your hand we'll we'll fire away we're not going to wait till the end to do that, and I will budget some time to do that. I think it's very important that you all um, have an opportunity to ask a series of questions. We kind of went up and down the value chain we 're going to kind of come down a little bit, but I want to start with some basics and make sure that everyone has a good understanding in this platform and that 's for both uh, Renard, you and Jeremy to one, describe what your organization is, sort of what it's responsible for, and then we'll have sort of a, a 1.5 question, which is really about, okay, in that context, what's the process for you all to sort of examine technology and, and test technology, you know, whatever it is you're doing in these two organizations. So, Renard, let's start with you.
2: Okay, so uh, first off, thanks again for having us. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with industry. I don't get the opportunity very often considering the uh, scope and scale of things we're working on in board Patrol at the program management office. But first, before I get to what we do in the program office, I want to let you know it's a team sport up at the headquarters, right? So it's not just my office as a directorate. We have our law enforcement operations directorate. We have a strategic planning and analysis directorate and our mission support directorate as well. And those folks are dedicated to ensuring that we have a tight, tight requirements management process. From the requirement itself, to the execution of my shop, to the PPBA process, to uh, disposition of yeah. systems, and, and then and we do it all again. So uh, hats off to the to leadership at the headquarters for the things that they do to support what we're able to deliver at my shop uh, with respect to the technologies. So now onto my shop, which is a team of, you know, three to 400 people with respect to all the contractors that are supporting us as well. Uh, we are focused on uh, t- tower technologies, we have subterranean technologies, we have command and control and communication, focus on radio, video voice and data and how we do that better. Of course, you hear some more of that from from, from Jeremy and CBP Invent. Uh, we also have our, our mobile technologies and, and then and then of course infrastructure, which you heard about a little bit ago. So we have a, a group that are dedicated uh, program office managers, uh, program managers, program project uh, supervisors, logistics, systems engineers, uh, real estate and environmental specialists, just it runs the gamut in terms of the skill sets that are required to get things done that we are we are doing for, for Border Patrol. So that's kind of the scope. Uh, so this fiscal year, just, just to mention that we were able to execute between June and the end of the fiscal year, $200 million worth of technologies. Uh, four board Patrol agents in the field. From SUAS, we're going to get another 167 of those units out in the field, but what I want to highlight there is our focus on what we realized, there is no Jiffy Lube for SUAS when we started down this path, right? So we needed to figure out how we focus on commodities going forward in terms of that, and send them out there with a few spare parts. Once they're broke, we get rid of them and buy another. So that's eighty percent. Twenty percent would be hybrid, long endurance, high battery, long battery life, uh, fixed wing, vertical lift, and takeoff. The kinds of things that are for you know specialized missions that's there. Uh, we've also uh, distributed one hundred seventy-five out of two hundred. Excuse me, one hundred ninety-five out of two hundred seventy-seven ASTs. The most towers in a long, long time that have ever been deployed in terms of uh, uh, our ability to get those on a very small, small footprint. Um so that's a huge win uh for Border Patrol in terms of the uh, autonomous world. We've also uh we're also looking at linear ground detection systems. Uh we've got 140 miles out there today and we just got approved to do another 500 on top of that. So that's going to be key when you look at that strand and those 20 uh those 20 strands inside that fiber. We're going to use a couple for sensing and comms and that's going to be a real big game changer I think once we start to to move that data uh, across the border in a big way. So this is just some highlights for you in terms of what we're focused on, how our, how our office is structured, um, and then we can get into some of the other questions as we go along.
1: I appreciate that, Jeremy. Same question. So what does the office do? And then we'll get a little bit deeper into sort of how you do it. And and, and uh, But let's just talk about what the breadth of the responsibility of the office is and maybe a little bit of how you two interact with each other. Sure. Right? Sure,
3: sure. No, I appreciate that. And <clears throat> Please bear with me. I'm a little bit hoarse today. Um, so first and foremost, it's super humbling to be here uh, amongst colleagues and, and leaders and former leaders, um, people that have recently retired. It's it's uh, I've seen some faces that I haven't seen in a while. So uh, again, super humbling to be here. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, <clears throat> so the CBP Innovation Team is located in the in the office of the Commissioner within CBP. Um, I had a I had a supervisor at one time that, that told me that if you can't put your job on a bumper sticker, then you really don't understand what it is that you do. So this is the bumper sticker for my team. Uh, there is a little bit of buzzword bingo, so, so bear with me. But our, our team identifies, adapts, and delivers disruptive, commercially available technologies uh, to, to maximize mission impact, right? So what, so what does that mean? Um, first and foremost, the decisions that my team make, uh, principally, the things we do, they have to make the frontline personnel safer and more effective. Um, I know it's been brought up a couple times this morning, but it's a solemn reminder that we lost a Border Patrol agent yesterday and we lost an AMO agent to gunfire a few weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> so those are the types of things that, that motivate the decision-making processes uh, on on our team. And it's a, it's a constant reminder. I make it a constant reminder to our team. Uh, some of them aren't law enforcement officers like, like, like I am. I'm, I'm a 20-year Border Patrol agent um, by, by day. Um, so that's very important. Um, and this next poll is important as well absolute focus on integrating solutions in the CDP enterprise. And since industry is here, I'll, I'll emphasize the word integrating. Um, probably more to, more to talk about there, but that's really, really important that we're able to do meaningful integrations and not um, you know, continue to have uh, stovepipes proprietary, You know that, that doesn't help, that, that doesn't help. This panel is about tech convergence. Uh, being able to converge technology requires meaningful integration. Um, our our mandate is speed. Uh, we want to deploy something in a in an operationally relevant you know pilot quantity in zero to eighteen months. Um, we we think by government standards that's a pretty that's a pretty quick turnaround to to get something in the hands of, of an end user. Um, and then lastly, we we are not um, program owners. Um, that's that's more uh, Mr. Singleton's job. That he owns the the acquisition programs record. We will bring in, you know, innovation projects and and you know try to uh, turn it into something, tweak some knobs to meet a mission need, and ultimately transition it out to a a, a program record or, or a new business owner. And there's obviously there's more behind that as well, but um, that's ultimately our goal. So there's a you know a, a few core elements I would say to the to the let's call it the CBP Invent model, and it always starts for me with a, with a customer and a problem, right? So we we often talk about. You know, for the for the requirements process, you know, operational requirements, and those things mean something within the the acquisition framework. For my team, it's it's much more often about you know we we have conversations with leadership, the entire spectrum of CBP down to to you know frontline personnel. We we talked about what are the what are the wicked problems that are absolutely stealing your lunch, and what are the urgent, compelling mission needs because that's where innovation resides. I would I would argue. I'm not saying you can't innovate in other areas, but as it relates to our limited our limited manpower and 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 the problems that they're encountering, those are the things that we want to focus our innovation efforts on. Um, and then it becomes it, it becomes pro, you know sourcing that problem. What do we what do we want to do with it? And so over the course of three or four years, we've established relationships with um, a few different mechanisms. You know, one with the with the intelligence community, one with the DoD, and then we obviously have our internal stuff within DHS. Uh, you know, science and technology, the Silicon Valley Innovation Program, things that are just organically available to us as um, as members of, 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 DHS. And then there's, you know, unique contracting authority. So there's a lot of different ways we can source these things. Um, the different mechanisms that, uh, that I mentioned, each of them are kind of good at, a, at certain things. And so like, we've got a nice, I would say, uh, menu of ways to, to source some of these problems. Um, it always starts with an agreement for me. Uh, one of the biggest problems with, with research and development innovation is the technology pull through. It's easy to start. It's really, really hard to finish and transition it and make it, uh, you know, something lasting and impactful. Um, so we always start with, you know, what we'll call a transition or a customer agreement. And that basically says, you know, we're going to work this together. Um, and as part of that agreement, I'm going to fund uh, you know, a limited scope pilot deployment of, of a thing. We're going to iteratively develop it. Um, if it goes well, I'll pay for a low rate initial production or some type of modest expansion. And if that goes well, I'm going to pay for two years of bridge o so you can get this into your budgetary cycles. And you can pay for it yourself. And I would argue that's the piece that, that's that's missing in a lot in a lot of you know um, this this type of circle. I was innovation R and D, right? So um, trying to help them bridge that that value death, huge huge deal. Um, and then again, I think the, the 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 bread and the bread and butter of what my team does is this iterative capability development. We'll, we will get a capability in house via whatever mechanism it is, develop a statement of work, and then start start working with that that company um, to, to get to that end state. And then again, uh, we want to transition out. Um, if you're just, indulge me a couple more, a couple more seconds. I'll be done with my intro. I don't want to suck all the air up in the room here.
1: Um, that's okay. Cause I already
3: got three questions. So what is, so what does that, <laughs> so what does that mean? Um, primarily not exclusively, but primarily we work with VC backed startups. Um, and there's, there's a reason for that. Um, I looked it up yesterday in, prep- in, in preparation for the panel, but in, in 2021, just in the United States alone, there was $333 billion of venture capital fund um, invested in, in the United States, the most ever, more than twice the year before that. Um, There's a little bit of a, of a downturn here in 2022, but it, it, uh, it's forecasted to still be around $200 billion worth of investment in 2022, which still, even though it's on a downtrend, would make it the second you know, largest amount um, in history. So we would be foolish to not kind of draft off that, that dynamic, right? So Estimates go anywhere from 14 to 1 to 18 to 1, every one of my government dollars to a VC dollar, right? So we're, we're able to leverage a significant amount of investment um, in in the startup community. Um, focus areas, should I, should I keep going or do you want to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, why, why, why don't you hold for just a minute? I'm going to hold for a second. Megan, I need a breath I'm anyway. i to ask you to make sure that... Uh... Somebody gives us a 10-minute warning, so I I just kind of know that because I I, I can see us kind of getting on a roll here. Um, I guess for clarity for the audience, one is, Renard, I I guess you're really focused on the Border Patrol portfolio, right? And you're focused on all of the mission sets inside of CBP, correct? That's correct. So, okay. So, just yeah. want to make sure I had that right, just so everyone kind of understands that. Number one. Number two, I guess, for you is um, how, how does that, since we kind of got into 1.5, how does that handoff or that relationship work between what you're doing while you're sort of bringing this thing out of the petri dish, getting it to a point where it's could potentially be operationalized? And then where, what's that relationship with um, Renard's organization?
3: Yeah. Uh, a great question, and it it's uh, it it differs depending on the component and the and the type of relationship. It just so happens that the the relationship that we have with the Border Patrol is incredibly strong. Um, and, and in fact, you know the linkages go back to you know when, when the team was set up in 2018. Yep, it was I, it was you know, I recall right. it was it was it was Border Patrol driven at the time, and 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 I'm you know I'm thankful to say that like we've been able to expand to you know. Um, you know, the, the vast reaches of C V P which is, which is awesome. And there's, uh, you know, as everyone here knows the mission space that CBP covers is, is crazy, crazy diverse. Um, but <clears throat> we've got, actually got an MOU that we just formalized, uh, within the last couple of months where, uh, Mr. Singleton and, 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 our shop, you know, have a, have a more, uh, let's say formalized agreement that, uh, you know, th- things will come in and we, we will work as a, you know, kind of a, a tech pipeline on, on certain things. Um and the things that work um and there's there's a whole conversation that can be had about you know uh risk acceptance and 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 some of the calculus that goes into those decision processes not everything is is a success right but the things that do work and do add value to the mission um we've got we've got a pipeline here and there's kind of a you know an expectation that when we come to him with something um it's it's at a certain state of, of readiness um so I, I think was, you know the chief mentioned earlier like i don't I don't need another thing or um
1: so yeah. Right, it's at a state of readiness. It's something that uh, was a uh, a problem set that was brought in from the uh, from the operators, and you now got it to a point where you've sort of shaken it down. I- I'm trying to anticipate some of these questions. What about the priorities? Right, you- you've got you got air and marine, you got field operations, got border patrol, uh, lots of different technologies, all kinds of problem sets. H- how do you rack and stack that? Who makes those decisions?
3: Um, again, it kind of depends, what... It,
1: it depends on the component,
3: and then I see it also the smiles. Over yeah, there. yeah, no, no, it's there's well, there's lots of inputs, I think. Lots of inputs, <laughs>
1: lots, I lots of inputs, that, but I mean, just generally, right? We yeah, don't understand no, no, what a
2: lot of it is a I lot can't of it, it all. So, so, I would say, can I, if, if I may, please, please, the sector chiefs, the stations, they they have a voice here. So, we're, we're getting the feedback from the agents on the ground. When, when we stood up the program management office in Border Patrol back in 2017, we were. We were focused on ensuring that Border Patrol agents were in our office, a part of our decision-making process, understanding the acquisition lifecycle framework, understanding the acquisition process in terms of how do we connect with the external partners, uh, whether that be S&T, uh, DHS PARM, or any of these other offices that impact our lives with, with respect to how we do these acquisitions. And they're taking that back to the field in a huge way. I think we've, we've had probably over 80 agents coming through our office at this point. Some are now permanent. Uh, and I think that's been huge, huge for us to understand how the operators need to um, uh, respond to the threats they have and, and, and how to keep them secure and safe. So that's, that's a huge, huge part of what goes on in the requirements management process in terms of the Strategic Planning Analysis Directorate, which is also uh, connected in a, in a major way with CBP Invent Office in terms of what they go off and exper- experiment with in terms of proofs of, proof of concepts or, or pilots. So I just wanted to make that point as well.
1: Okay, and I'm just going to bump on that one more time if I can. Sure. Um, sounds Sounds great. I'm I'm Mr. Port Director, and I'm really looking for that, uh, uh, you know, version 3.0 license plate reader uh, that I was promised a year ago. So, so ha- how does that happen as far as between the different operational entities? Is it you know who has the highest priority requirement? You know, and and, and again, who sets that priority? Who's got the money? Yep, He's got the great idea. All of the above.
3: Yep. Fair question. So, yeah, again to the to the point of <clears throat> lots of lots of input. Sometimes it is, you know, it's, it's a conversation that we have with with Mr. Miller. And it's this is a, this is the thing that, that we need to focus on. And, and just so they know, Mr. Miller is. Mr. Miller's is the acting commissioner or mm-hmm. it's or it's Mr. T's, or it's, you know, another another executive assistant commissioner or whatever. So we, we try to have. Um, it's 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 less frequent than I would like, but we try to at least you know two to four times a year sit down with each each of the agency heads for each of of, of the components of CBP, and have the question you know and in addition to these are the things that we're working on for you, but what are again what are the wicked problems? What's keeping you up at night? What can we try to help you with? Um, and and we get feedback that way. We also do an annual. Um, just for one of the for one of the mechanisms that we work with, it is it is a you know foundational principle. Once a year, we need a problem set, right? So can't solve a problem unless you know what you're what you're focused on. So mm-hmm. that's the first piece for us. Every year, we have a running list. These are the these are the you know the urgent and compelling mission needs that we have for CBP. Um, so in a way, those are you know those have been prioritized, and that's a bottom that's a bottom up process, right? We we send that out and we get feedback from every, well the entire agency from okay. from the top to the bottom, right? Um, and then, if if I'm being completely honest, in, in terms of, of of innovation, sometimes it's entirely driven on an operational environment, right? Like if I need to do something that involves a maritime environment, there's a short list of places I can go. Um, and we also try to we also try to establish relationships in the field uh, that we'll call innovation hubs that will that will work with us and act as you know our our uh, our counterparts in the field to help with this innovation journey. So we have end users. You know, participating in the data collection, participating in the testing events, um, you know, facilitating field visits with companies uh, so they can get out and they can see the operational environments because that's super important too. Um, you know, it, it's much easier to solve the problem if you can see it and smell it and taste it than it, than it is to hear about it, right? So um, that's that's another core principle. Um, and then you know, back to the prioritization piece. Each, each component kind of has their own um, their, their own apparatus of how they, how they, you know, will adjudicate those decisions. And we try to insert ourselves where, where we need So, you know, the appropriate governance is there that the, the appropriate, um, folks know about the things that we're doing, but it's, it's often, you know, because it is a limited scope pilot. Sometimes we need to go, we need to go where a certain condition exists to do the innovation, to do the pilot. Um, but we, we also try to pair that up with, you know, uh, where, where are you hurting? If, if there's a way that we can be, you know, e- economical with the innovation effort with, you know, uh, an operational requirement or need of something bad that's going on, then, then we'll we try to do
1: that as well. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna start with you first on this one um, and then we're gonna kind of break it out into the, our industry experts here because there's no question that they're um, doing a lot of this type of stuff and when I'm talking about stuff, I'm talking about sort of wearables, right? The individual on the ground, whether in a warehouse or on an X, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And let's just talk about, you know, where, where are we on the conversions of this technology, uh, you know, sort of onto the belt, onto the officer and sort of rationalizing some of that? Are we stacking more on it? Is the belt getting heavy? Is it getting more simple? What's the uh, sort of demand signal coming in from the officers? Two, two answers for you on that. So, one, um, many of you in this room have commented on our
2: Consolidated Tower and Surveillance Equipment uh, RFP. And do certainly appreciate um, you all doing that. I think that's a stronger RFP as a result. Hopefully we'll get it out here fairly, fairly soon. Uh, but I want to flag in that request for proposal is an associate contract uh, agreement clause. Uh, and so that's going to be like the first time we have, you know, this clause in a contract that says, hey, look, we want you to work with other vendors. I I meet with a lot of you, uh, and I love the, the meetings we have, and I learn, and I ask you how, we're do- how we look as an organization, and I do appreciate the feedback, and I want to keep, keep doing that. Problem is, I'm only meeting with one of you. I'm only meeting with one company or your, you and your sub, and I need to be able to sit in a room with more of you who are providing this capability to us. So that's one answer uh, to the question with respect to how are we going to integrate these these systems together. So that's, that's, that's one. Uh, So the second is the work that, uh, uh, Sunil talked about where we're taking small bites at this apple, not trying to boil the ocean. We don't believe there's a unicorn solution for, for all of these things being integrated. And we have to take small steps and take certain sensors to figure out how we can make this work. So I'm not IT and no one in my office is IT. We can, we're pretty smart folks, but we can, you know, we can break things if we're not careful. And so we want it, in, 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 in the IT in on the team with us, working hard. And I think the the the, the, the strength of, the, of, of our organization right now is um, certainly reflected in a lot of the comments you heard from Snail. Uh, our ability to get the teams together and work really, really closely on how we're moving this data. Um, we spent probably a full week there in New Orleans talking about just this uh, topic in terms of the different enforcement zones, excuse me, enforcement systems from. Universe, uh, unified processing, common operating picture, and, and our beacon s- solution, tying all these things together, how do we do that carefully, and, and getting off-site and having that conversation is, is part of that. So, A, I can't, I can't wish you to be working together so I can put it in a contract, <laughs> and B, uh, we're going to be working with I, our, our IT folks to, to bring it all together.
1: Appreciate that. Uh, let me scan the audience for any questions before I get into the next round here. Scanning, scanning. Here's what.
0: So, Jeremy, you mentioned.
1: Uh, so Hang on a second. We're gonna get a, a microphone over there. Luke, you surprised me.
0: <laughs> Sorry. So, Jeremy, you mentioned some of the wicked problems list and the things that you're keeping on. So, what are some of the top ones on that list?
3: Oh boy. Um, so, some of the some of the themes I think that have already been spoken to um, this morning have come up. You know, the ability to communicate <clears throat> as as a border patrol agent. It is it is truly. Um, it, it is amazing that, it's, that in this day and age, there are areas where you know California. can't can't communicate on a radio, can't communicate on a phone, can't communicate. It's it's it is a significant officer safety issue. Um, and even so, setting that aside, even even in established areas where there's infrastructure, at, at, at you know ports of entry where people come and present themselves for entry into the country, there are often places where there's horrible connectivity. Um, uh, you know to the point where uh you know a- anecdotally i've I've heard so we're we're in the process of doing a pilot with uh with o i t doing some pure starlink to locations like this that they could use an enhancement um like twenty to thirty minutes to log into your basic enforcement systems in order to do your job um so last mile comms in in some of those environments um wicked problem um you know just si- general situational awareness of you know what what is happening um both right now and what are the things that are coming? Like we need to be a little bit more anticipatory, and that's that's a wicked problem. In the trade mission, it's you know uh, point of origin analysis. You know, I could are there things out there that could help us identify that it's you know an item has come from a specific region in China where there's forced labor. Uh, that's been a focus the last year um I, I could go on and on there are problems there are many um but for a person us, for a person us like a, me that that means just opportunity give
1: us an air so. marine one too since you gave us the other two um so top one at air marine well for, it's the same
3: thing right that i don't oh. i don't i don't want to i don't want to presume what happened with the shooting a couple weeks ago but um you know situational awareness and understanding where you are in time and space and and having other people that have guns know where you are um you know maybe an outcome is different or i i don't know but comms are horrible for those guys uh, you get out on the water it's the same thing unless there's a boat you know w- within you know direct di- direct range of, of your your land mobile radio you, you can't talk so um it, w- it would not surprise me to to, to you know, i don't want to speculate
0: thank you for tuning in you can follow hsdf the podcast on every major podcast platform Visit HSDF.org to learn more about the Homeland Security and Defense Forum and HSDF the Podcast.